This week's gig this news. news. Your go-to Your podcast, podcast covering, covering the latest, latest news, news, trends, trends and, viral and viral posts, posts from, the from the delivery and ride-share sectors, sectors of the gig, of the gig economy. Now, now let's turn it, let's over, turn to it over to your hosts, hosts. Professional, professional gig workers, gig workers Chad, Chad, the gig economist, and Animal is, is Hungry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Gig News Tonight. It is not this week's gig news. It's gig news tonight. What's going on, Hannibal? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. And yourself, how's your Monday? It was pretty busy today. I ran 10 miles this morning in the freaking Florida heat. That's crazy, man. <laughs> That's crazy. You you know, you're taking your health seriously. That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm down. I weighed myself this morning. I was 171.2. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's good, man. I you ever hear of like runners like hitting a wall? Like they, they say it happens like when you're running a marathon. Like yeah, around yeah. like that kind of happens to me like around mile nine. Like around mile nine, I just kind of like I start like like I, I, I have like one of those water backpacks, you know? Mm. So like I'm very I'm I'm very well hydrated, but like around I hit mile nine, I start to like kind of panic a little. Like I'm like really hot and sweaty, and I'm like, it's still another mile until I get home. I'm like, what if I just lay down right here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to go home. So I guess that's a good yeah. motivator. Yeah. Oh, and uh this happened about a week or two ago. So I think I think it I can't remember if it was if I was doing 10 miles or eight, because I usually do eight, but I also I hit that same it was either mile nine or mile seven. And I realized I really had to go to the bathroom and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I'm like running as fast as I can, which just makes it hurt even more, you know? Yeah. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds uncomfortable. Mm. By the way. So I'm drinking my all time favorite beer is this is Pilsner or Cal. It's a Czech, Czech Pilsner. You can get this pretty much anywhere. It's, this is a really good, um, nice light beer too i think it's only 4.2 4.4 yeah not bad not bad really flavorful i bet you'd like this one mm. so uh, we got a lot of actually there isn't a whole lot of like hard news tonight but there's like a lot of like there's a lot of stuff to talk about and there's a lot of stuff at the end of the show that we can react to you know so okay cool, cool. if you're ready i i see we got some people watching so say hi in the chat so um, let's just dive into the first story here. This is from the New York Times. Instacart searches for direction if its pandemic boom fades. Um, now, this is basically, this whole article is, is quite long. It's basically just catching the reader up on everything that's happened at Instacart in like the last two or three years. So it, it doesn't offer a whole lot of new news. So I'm just going to, and I highlight a lot of, um, bullet points or um things worth talking about and like i might not even read all of these so link in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing instacart faces tougher competition from its gig economy peers as well as from new instant delivery startups like gopuff and grocery chains own online services revenue was still growing last year but not nearly as fast as it did in 2020 sales growth also slowed sharply to 15 percent last year from 330 percent in 2020 according to 1010 data a market research firm, while the average size of each order shrank, the company said. Sorry, I should uh, mute my phone. In a recent interview, Miss Simo, that's Fiji Simo, the new CEO, 
Um, said she had a plan to tackle those challenges. She has a new vision for the business that includes selling software to grocers and selling more ads inside the app where people place their orders. Instacart, which was founded in 2012, has struggled to show that its business model works and that it is compatible with the historically thin profit margins of the grocery business. Uh, that's a picture of her. So again, I'm like diving way down here. Before she was named CEO in July, there was a brief discussion about making her and uh, uh, Prue Rometa, the, the founder, co-chief executives, three people, the knowledge of the situation said that idea was quickly abandoned and Mr. Meta became chairman. Carolyn Everson, a former Facebook executive who became Instacart's president in September, left the company after just three months, the highest profile departure from the company, which also lost its chief revenue officer, as well as the person who was president before Ms. Everson. Uh, she was not happy because she ended up spending most of her time working on the company's relationships with grocery executives. A person with knowledge of the situation said grocery in industry experts and some inside Instacart have flowed the idea that the company should cut out grocers by opening its own warehouse of goods which could be more lucrative, but Miss Simo has steadfastly opposed the move. Well, not entirely. Um, Instacart's next act hinges on Instacart platform, a new set of uh, a set of new software and advertising tools the company announced in March, with an aim of becoming more of a technology provider to grocery companies with tools like Kara Ads and Kara Insights. Instacart said it would bring its own advertising capabilities and analytics to grocers' websites. The company has also introduced. Uh, full, fulfillment center stocked by its grocery store partners to help it deliver products in 15 minutes. But after Instacart platform was announced, grocery retailers were underwhelmed and confused by how it was different from what Instacart had already provided, said seven grocery industry executives and consultants, some of whom asked to speak anonymously to avoid damaging their relationship with Instacart. Bert Flickinger the third. That's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> Bert Flicking, not just Flickinger, but the third. That sounds fake. So the, there was two other guys named Bert Flickinger. A longtime industry consultant described the announcement as something, quote, grown in a hot house at Harvard or Stanford that really had no common sense commercial application for the common shopper or retailer. And I don't know if I'm all right. So that's a, like I said, this is, it's a very long article. So I, I mean, I recommend everybody, especially if you're not familiar with what's going on with Instacart, like I said, they basically recap everything that's happened in the last two or three years with the company, with the you know putting off the IPO, with uh, they mentioned the uh, Aporva getting kicked out basically by Sequoia Capital, which uh, Steve and I talked about a week or two ago. So um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read that article? Or I mean, I don't know if there's anything in there that you didn't already know. No, nothing. I mean, more details on what is going on with the problems with Instacart. Um, all the tech companies are getting destroyed in terms of um, missing profits. I think even Amazon uh, dropped uh, profits in terms of what they thought they was going to make. So everyone is feeling the pinch. And Instacart at this point has so much competitors. It, it's going to it's going to it may end up like Grubhub where. DoorDash was aggressive. Uber went with the um, corner shop, which I think, in my opinion, is this my market. Corner shop is cheaper for customers to pay for compared to Instacart. But again, that could be about the market itself. Instacart mm -hmm. has not done enough to uh, separate themselves from everyone else. And it looks like regardless of their advertising platform, trying to do things, it may, it may be too late for them. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I think they just like Grubhub, I think Instacart may get gobbled up by somebody else. 
Really? Wow. I mean, you're much more pessimistic about them than I am. I mean, I'm, I don't know. To me, I don't think it's quite that bad. I mean, Instacart's still the big, big player. I mean, just, you can, I can tell as somebody who does Instacart and Corner Shop, like the, the ratio of just available orders is like, you know, it's like night and day. It's like 10 to one Instacart to Corner Shop. Sorry, I'm not in with ships. I don't really have that frame of reference. Although, shipped uh ship doesn't really do a whole lot either like i mean because they're owned by target and uh so and like they just don't ship does doesn't make the news like i don't really know how big they are so anybody who does all three let us know you know how you would compare them because you would have to have that trilogy to be able to because like they're the big three and you also have dumpling although like that's where your your own kind of grocery yeah, delivery little, service different um but i'm yeah. wondering it's that was that was a new york times article and i'm sure you are familiar with new york times and how they run business in terms of making mm -hmm. stories and creating narratives who wanted that story to be on new york times to even have that <laughs> they <laughs> mentioned in here that uh someone from the new york times is on the instacart board yeah, Chief executive of New York Times, Meredith Coppett Levinin, joined Inscart's board of directors in October 2021. So, I mean, at least they're forthright about that. All like, right, it's which it, this isn't great news about Instacart. Exactly. Um, so, I'm wondering that idea of, you know, putting that kind of news out there, does it create mm -hmm. some kind of a domino effect with either someone who's interested in purchasing or selling or? get the investors more upset you know I mean, you never know with new york times and these other publications but um i guess we'll see in a few we'll see in a few months you never know things could change really quickly yeah i mean i've already noticed uh supply chain shortages like i i just went shopping at public right before we started the show like an hour ago and in the frozen food section all the egos all the egos were gone. Oh no! And I, I took a picture to show this lady because I had a feeling she wasn't going to believe me. And like, so she saw the empty shelves and she's like, "I said they have the store brand." She's like, "No, no, I need it's got to be Ego, so just refund that." I've noticed mm -hmm. a lot of um, uh, turkey, anything that's like at uh, at Aldi, like turkey lunch meat, you can't find it anymore. They have ham and they have buffalo chicken. They don't have turkey. Um, a lot of frozen, like I said like a lot of just meat and supply chain shortages. So, you know, if you, if you follow economists and stuff, like a lot of people are predicting food shortages, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, it's going to get worse as the year goes on. And uh, like, if it's already starting like this, th this makes me really worried as a, not just the Instacart shopper, but as well, also as a consumer and, yeah. you know, yeah. as a human being, you know, there's going to be huge. I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's overblown and like everything will get back to normal. I mean, here in Florida, we're kind of used to these supply chain shortages, especially when there's a hurricane coming. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty funny. Like I, I I would have to dig around, but I've I've taken pictures of the the bread aisle when a hurricane is coming because people uh, stock up on bread when a hurricane's coming, and but they won't buy the the Dave's Killer bread. That's like five or six bucks. You know, it's like all organic or whatever or like that high end, like Pepperidge Farm, where it's double wrapped, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, like even like the like the vegan food will still be there, you know. That's so. that was their last. Was it in uh, yeah twenty twenty when things were kind of being missed? Yeah. If you wanted that stuff, it'll sit. It'll be there. 
on the shelf, that vegan stuff, like things that really no one touches, mm-hmm. it'll be there. And <laughs> it's funny you just, you mentioned that though. Yeah. Hot facts. Robert Reed said, believe it or not, fellas, lunch, let's go out of, I don't know what that is. Lunch of Blesco? Lunchables. Know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lunchables, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a restaurant. I was like, lunch but go? <laughs> some, some weird L.A. thing. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, that wasn't really a whole lot of new news there. and just, But, you know, if you're not familiar with what's going on in this car, I definitely recommend reading that story. Just it'll catch you up. Catch you up so, all right, so let's let's move on. I showed this in the uh, thumbnail for this uh, the show from Food on Demand. And it says U.S. delivery sales, DoorDash share still growing. And you can see, say, I can probably zoom in a little bit more here. I'm trying to zoom in on this chart. So you can see DoorDash, or wait. So DoorDash, it, they got the colors all wrong here. They have DoorDash as orange. Postmates says green. Uber Eats says red. It should Uber Eats, Uber Eats should be green. DoorDash should be red, and then Grubhub should be orange. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's showing you, and this is stacked too. Like I, I don't know why they they did it like this. It should have been like a bar chart. It's kind of confusing because you think you see Uber Eats at the top here, and you think like they're the top uh, app, but it's it's not. DoorDash has fifty nine percent market share. So. I was going to read this real quick. According to the latest market share update from Bloomberg Second Measure, DoorDash extended its dominance to 59% of U.S. meal delivery market. In addition, sales from meal delivery apps grew another 6% year over year, with 51% of U.S. customers ordering from one of the major delivery providers in March of 2022, up from 47% a year ago. Uber Eats remains firmly in second place with 24% of U.S. meal delivery market. Grubhub and its subsidiaries, including Seamless and E24, came in third at 14%. And you can even see like Waiter, Bite Squad, or I don't know if you would consider GoPuff um, in that same vertical or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, DoorDash is still king. And I don't know if anybody's going to knock them off. Yeah, that's, yeah that's why I think um, Grubhub is missing out. Or not missing out. It, Grub, it, Grubhub didn't understand this, how quickly DoorDash was just trying to expand as fast as possible to the detriment of everybody who uses, who use or order DoorDash works or, you know, gig, gig drivers. They're expanding mm-hmm. fast with the grocery stuff, with the, obviously with the food delivery stuff. And they're going, you know, they like they pass to all of them, Grubhub and Uber Eats. So, they, yeah, they're going to, they're still going to run everything. They're going to have, the, they're going to continue to dominate the market share. I don't see, <laughs> Uber Eats changing anything. See what um, Kyle wrote. Everybody got a trash about DoorDash Tony Shoe 2024. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, they they they're still running things and nothing's going to change. I think uh, they'll still run things throughout the year. They have another chart in here, but it's like really uh, poor quality here, and it says average quarterly sales per customer, and you can see like. Up until like the pandemic started, they were you know pretty much neck and neck, and now ever since COVID, like DoorDash went way up. Mm-hmm. Uber Eats is still you know still pretty far up there. And I don't really know why they include Postmates on the list because Postmates is Uber Eats now. And look at Grubhub's; I mean, it went up a little, but um, yeah, this is is a pretty short. It's a actually, it's like this whole thing is where it says check out the full study, and so it's basically a preview for some kind of app, uh, you know, investors thing, but 
it, it's just interesting to look at for the chart alone. So not to say there again, it's yeah. just DoorDash is king, folks. And if you don't like it, talk to the uh, <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Probably exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on. These are basically we got two stories in one here. I think we did this last week too, where we had you know a twofer. All right, so this is from Restaurant Dive report. 41% of ind independent restaurants operate virtual brands. I'm just going to read these bullet points right here. Okay. So 41% of independent restaurants currently operate virtual brands to leverage persistent consumer delivery demand, according to a report commissioned by Grubhub and then executed by Techno, Techno Mike, which surveyed 350 independent operators from January, uh, January of this year, actually. 68% of survey respondents report their virtual restaurants are permanent additions and 46% plan to open three or more virtual concepts in the next 12 months. On average, restaurants that offer virtual brands offer five unique virtual concepts, the company said. Virtual brands could support respondents' desire for customizable direct ordering channels, as 97% of independent such channels are important. 91% of independent restaurants cited access to consumer data as important, along with commission-free ordering, 88%, and branded ex experiences, 92%. And uh, we got a twofer here. So this is um, Grubhub is launching a virtual brand. And it says, as more restaurants add virtual brands to their kitchens, Grubhub is joining the scrum with a delivery-only concept of its own. Master Chef Table was created in partnership with contestants from the long-running cooking show the same name. It will offer a menu of familiar food, foods with a Master Chef spin, the company said, though did not go into further detail. Restaurants can license MasterChef table from Grubhub and operate it as an add-on to their existing business. There's no licensing fee, and Grubhub will cover the cost of the initial inventory. It's slated to launch nationwide in June. Chicago-based company appears to be the first of big three U.S. delivery providers to offer an in-house brand as a service for restaurants. So that's interesting, although I am kind of a little confused. What do they mean by virtual brand? Just like that you can... I was going to ask you that same question. Because it's it, similar to a ghost kitchen or something like where they change the name. Yeah, so that's was, yeah. I was wondering what what does that exactly mean a virtual brand? Yeah, have you ever gotten um like wings to go and it's like at Chili's or yeah um, yeah something simple that when you it's it's not from the name like it's the big brand yeah it's a different offset for which is weird why they even do that in the first place you ever figure out why they even decided to change the name it's because it's not from the the real brick and mortar place that they didn't want to say, well, this is a Chipotle. It's not Chipotle. It's a yeah. whatever or something. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can think of is like people who like aren't like somebody who's like, I don't like chilies. And then they see this other, they see wings to go. They're like, oh, well, I like wings. And they have no idea that yeah. they're the same company. It's like a white label. Yeah. -ish from, but I don't know. It's interesting. It is interesting. It must be money must be coming in for this to continue to happen. So yeah, Sherry um, Madlam says it's just wings or Maggio's, both from Chili's. Yeah, I guess it's just a way of offering even more selection because, like, I guess you could like those ghost kitchens. You could offer products on there that you wouldn't sell in the restaurant, like because like Chili's is like yeah, Chili's is like Tex Mex. So you you wouldn't think of like getting wing. I mean, well, I guess maybe. I mean. It's like a like set. It's a set. It's a set brand of their menu and the things they yeah. offer. So, if they want to try something different, they would offset that. Maybe they use that information for research purposes. Maybe if 
mm-hmm. you know, the off brand of Chili's, if they, a lot of people order the wings and enjoy it, maybe they put it on a main menu. I, I'm, I'm thinking like they can do that as well. What what do you think about the Master Chef table? I mean, I've I've never watched any of these cooking shows. Yeah, I wouldn't know any of the. <laughs> so, that, I mean, I I watched the very first season of Master Chef. Mm-hmm. That was it. Just like you I know, I don't watch a show where it's just somebody yelling at like. Oh, he you, doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do the. He's not as aggressive. Or oh, Gordon Ramsay with the um, I forgot the other two. Um, he's not that aggressive because oh, they're home kitchen, cook. Yeah, they're not professional chefs. So he's not like screaming on them. It's a little bit more that yeah. di- um, died down, but after, I don't know what season they're up to. Like a, probably twenty. It's the same episode. It's the same episodes. It's, it's it's basically American Idol for cooking. Yeah. This is a really really old Seinfeld joke he did. He said, um, I think it goes back to the eighties. He's like, why do they cook on TV? Can't smell it. Can't taste it. Can't eat it. At the end, they hold it up to the camera and say, "Here it is. You can't have any. Good night." Yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like a Seinfeld joke. <laughs> yeah. Like Seinfeld so. joke. Uh yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. I mean, and the the whole Master Chef and Grubhub, that this is like it does nothing. It does yeah. nothing. Like you're in you're in so much trouble. And like imagine if you was like a big stakeholder and just eat and you you look at that, you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, is that going to be Grubhub savior? You know, like, oh, we got Master Chef in here now. It's like, I don't know. I mean, we, I don't know. Some... We have the ratings for Master Chef. Is it, is, yeah. is it like a massively successful? I'm sure it's a successful show, but is it like pumping out millions yeah. of dollars, millions of views and people are watching it? Um, hardcore fans that would order the food that came from a yeah. show. Like, maybe we may be out of what are they going to do stuff? different that you can't get from like your chilies or, Maggiano's or whatever. Well, according to they seem like they try to cook basically like borderline professional meals too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. I mean, it's gonna appeal to a, like a very niche audience, but I mean, at least Grubhub is trying something. And like they said, mm-hmm. they're the first ones to do this, so maybe. But the problem is, like, they're so weak. You know, it, you know when Uber and DoorDash do the same like they're gonna get some top you know they're gonna get like the kim kardashian of whatever it, restaurant food thing like i don't know what the yeah. uh correct analogy would be but um you know so and i don't know i, I don't know if you would consider master chef like a you know b or c list show or whatever yeah, but I, I couldn't tell you i mean I, I don't think it's it i don't think it's a big deal of yeah. a show no yeah it, i guess have you ever had or have you seen the Mr. Beast burger? I have had the order come to me and I didn't I didn't take it because it wasn't worth um, my time. But um, I am familiar with it. I, okay. I've heard bad things. I heard the food, the burger was <laughs> like great. So it depends on the restaurant because I've ordered it twice. And there's a they actually they make it. It's, you know, it's a ghost kitchen brand and they do it at Wings. Um Wing House, it's like a Hooters ripoff, and it's literally right down the road from me. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ordered it, well, you know, it's a it's a really long story, but I'm just gonna I forget where I was going. But my point was like Mr. Beast, at least like right now. I mean, your parents might not who know who Mr. Beast is, but you know, most people age 35 and under probably do. So yeah. no, he's got the cachet. He's got who he is like that. He he, he yeah. got Gen Z down, and he probably yeah. even have um 
yeah, probably even, you know, in your 20s, 25, maybe, maybe 30. I mean, I know him from YouTube. If I didn't know, if I was not on YouTube, I wouldn't have no idea who Mr. Beast was. But the kids know him, definitely. Yeah, so, so my point was, like, if Grubhub, like, had a Mr. Beast exclusive, like, that would be... That would help. ...something. But that would help. Mr. Yeah. Mr. I was going to say Mr. Chef, Master Chef, you know. There's also uh, a put in Gordon Ramsay's name in there. Yeah. That would help a little bit. At least that would help. Like, I think I might I might try this Master Chef thing if it's you know reasonably priced. But I mean, if it's like some kind of like super gourmet thing, like starts at twenty bucks, like no, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Or if it turns, if they want to like do like gourmet like comfort food, like a a fifteen dollar uh, toasted cheese or something like that, you know, or fifteen dollar peanut butter and jelly. No. Yeah, it gotta yeah. be a filling meal, and you know, maybe do a yeah. review on it. Yeah. We'll see. Remember, I, you know, I've been listening to a lot of our old episodes from last year, and we were saying we got to talk about food in every show. We haven't had like a, you know, it's not pumpkin season, it's not Christmas season anymore. So, you know, we, hopefully yeah. we have to come up with something where we can do another top five best hot dogs or whatever, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So um, let's take a real quick break. This is for, you guessed it, Driver's Utility Helper. And we will be right back in 34 seconds. Oh, wait, I got to, um, I know it is causing the audio. Let me just stop that. All right, we'll be right back. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. Yep, so, whoa, why is there a delay? Um, I don't know. I don't sense. I don't, well, I'm I'm looking at the stream yard, so I'm not sure if the main. Okay. Oh. Okay. There we go. There you go. More crime. All right. So this is. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't going to include this in the show, but it's a pretty short um, thing. So what's this? If there was sound, let me start over. Police arresting a food delivery driver after she allegedly hit a child with her car. Police say Ashley Davis hit the child while the child was riding a bike somewhere off of Cactus Avenue. That child was taken to the hospital, had some moderate injuries, we're told. Davis, though, was arrested on Saturday for her third DUI offense, among other charges. And uh, like in the article here, it said... Police named two popular food delivery service providers in the report. However, neither said they had record of Davis working for them. So, I mean, insert checker what the fuck rant here. You know, how many times have we remember the gang member who put his dick in the chip? Like, yeah. Very familiar what, with what is, that story. What, what is going on? How are these people? That is our third DUI? Third? You know, like Tanner said, like he couldn't get in with a lot of apps because of like uh, he got pulled over in a parking lot once like 10 years ago. And somebody who had at least two DUIs is somehow 
probably a grub dash eats driver or something. It's it's a bit perplexing if I had a way to describe it. It doesn't make any sense. The idea that Checker is knocking on people who had prior issues years ago, but then all of a sudden now, like that one DUI, yeah, obviously, it should not even be touching any of these apps. It, it is embarrassing, and I don't think Checker is poor way. Poor man poor background man. service, and they continue to use it because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it, it might maybe it's not even tracker, but or I don't know. Somebody's really dropping the ball here. And if you you know if one, well, this one isn't about a driver. This is about a passenger. This is a kind of this might be familiar to some people. This this is a viral video from last year. Woman seen coughing on Uber driver now accused of identity theft. This show, all right. So this is a little less than three minutes. I don't know if I'm gonna play the whole thing, but Leo, quiet, dude. I'm sure you remember the woman in the viral video in 2021, seen coughing on an Uber driver. Well, she's in trouble again. This time, accused of stealing a San Francisco nurse's identity. ABC Seven News IT reporter Melanie Woodrow has a story that you'll see only on Seven. This is a story that spans three cities on two coasts. Just instantly was like, this can't be right. And centers around one very memorable suspect. <laughs> Arna Kimai, who coughed on an Uber driver in March of 2021 and ripped off his mask. She's also the former neighbor of a San Francisco oncology nurse named Emily. Emily asked that we not use her last name after she filed a police report this month that she suspected Kimai stole her identity. I noticed I was getting Chase credit inquiries. There was about 12 of them. You know, I knew I wasn't doing it. Emily began digging, following up with a dozen or so luxury buildings and car dealerships she says had run her credit without her permission. She says one of them gave her a cell phone number a person had used for the application in her name. Emily looked up the number, which she says came back to Arna Kimai, a name she didn't know at first. When she Googled the name, it wasn't just this viral video that caught Emily's attention. It was that she recognized Kimai as her former neighbor from when she lived in Los Angeles in September. To find out that that's the person that was targeting me was just crazy. <laughs> Emily says the two never spoke beyond maybe a head nod in the hallway. This is real, like this person is really using my identity and now I know who it is. Emily says Kimai got a Miami penthouse apartment in her name at this building. All right, I think that's good enough, but I, I just thought that was kind of funny and interesting that not only did this lady commit one crime, now she's doing uh, identity theft also. So um, well, her, the way she the way she talked and the way she behaved didn't sound yeah. like someone who had a great had a life and was a law abiding citizen and decided to cough on the driver and be a complete like asshole. So yeah, yeah. surprise. It just karma and and be continue to be a bad person will catch up to you so hopefully she could get some jail time for this yeah all right let's move on this sounds like a a repeat or rerun or something something i would you know i if i had time today i would have put together a uh a flashback like with the harp you know like the like and like where the screen looks like water or whatever so um, this might sound familiar to some people. I, I, we're going to go through this real quick. Sorry. Um, so this is from CNBC. Lyft, Uber will cover legal fees for driver suit under Oklahoma abortion law. Uh, Oklahoma House of 
Uh, Oklahoma House on Thursday passed a ban that prohibits most abortion after about six weeks of pregnancy. Um, like in Texas, we intend to cover all legal fees for any driver sued under this law while they're driving. Nova spokesman uh, said, and um, I just want to read this one paragraph. Um, prohibits most. Yeah, we already got that. A time. Uh, no wait. Like the Texas law, which we covered last year, people aiding the procedure, including doctors. People paying for the procedure and clinic workers are at risk. That includes rideshare drivers who can be punished for transporting women to clinics to receive abortions, where you can find up to ten thousand dollars. So that's I don't you know again I don't want to get into this whole thing here, but um, like I said, I think what I said last year is that it's really really easy for Uber and Lyft to say this because the chances of this actually happening. In my non-lawyer, non-legal opinion, I think is a very low chance. Uh, you won't get arrested if you give somebody a ride, but you just get sued, apparently, or something. Um, but yeah. I think somebody last year said, you know, actually, I think John McCallion said, uh, you know, no Uber or Lyft rider should be held responsible or liable for, like, their passenger's destination. Like, even Plus, if, like, you... say. And I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm saying in general, like they say, "Hey, I'm going. Yeah, I'm gonna go. You know, rob you drop me a yeah, yeah. I'm going to Robert's bank. Would the nah? I wouldn't even say that because if you know, Uber driver's not a cop. We're gonna just stop him. No, you can't rob yeah. the bank. Like you know, they're just so you know, they can maybe morally <laughs> you feel like you should say something. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it was interesting you talked about this story. I don't know if you follow this. It's totally not gig related, but I was on Twitter. Just a few minutes, I just checked it. Um, the, someone leaked the decision from the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah, you know that was just scrolling across the headline yeah. that we just. Um, uh, so I guess you don't have, have to worry about that because it won't be a place to do that. So yeah, well, um, that's I know everybody comes to Gig News tonight for all their abortion uh, <laughs> ch yeah. chatter. Because yeah. I'm looking at it, I'm like, that gotta be fake. No, it's well, it's leaked, and now they're going back and forth for who leaked it. But I guess yeah. for at least us gig drivers, you may not have to worry about going and do that and have that conundrum because they won't. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's struck down by Supreme Court, there wouldn't be any of those procedures. So I guess if we really wanted to have a roundtable discussion, we could, you know, I guess, maybe like a, like in a philosophy class, like like either in your liberal arts philosophy class or in your Sunday uh, Sunday school class at your church. Um, if you give a ride to like, if you're against abortion or whatever, but you give someone a ride to Planned Parenthood or whatever, are you in God's eyes culpable? I would not know. I mean, you only know, God it'll knows for sure. It'll be an interesting <laughs> yeah. conversation. Kind of remind yeah. me of that uh, old school uh, clip of uh, Geraldo Rivera's show. When the two opposing sides were throwing chairs at each other and uh, the host got yeah. nose broken, it, 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 I mean, it's a very volatile subject to say the least. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Actually, that was the last of our our hard news, quote unquote. We, everything else from here on is pretty uh, fluffy. All right, so uh, this is from CBSNews.com. Top ten metro areas for freelancers. I skipped the whole opening i just got right to the list and most of these are pretty surprising number one greenville anderson south carolina number two boise city idaho number three columbus ohio number four des moines 
Iowa, five Ogden, Clearfield, Utah, six Raleigh, North Carolina, seven Worcester, Mass, uh, eight Chattanooga. Shout out to Valsat's voice. I think he's out there. Nine Winston Salem, North Carolina, ten Knoxville, Tennessee. Now I'm not going to read all this stuff, but I just want to read the the first line of each. It says many of the top ten cities for freelancers had relatively low housing costs. In top cities for freelancers, unemployment was often relatively low when jobs are being added. The size of the self-employed community is notable in many of the top metro areas, and minimum state tax rates are relatively low in many of the top cities. So, I mean, look at that, look at that listing. You don't see New York, Chicago, L.A., Seattle. None of that's on there. These are mostly red states, and these are metro areas, like even smaller than Orlando, or about the same size. I think, I think the cheaper is in Greenville. I know but, Tennessee is is definitely emerging because a lot of uh, companies are going to Tennessee. Uh, I know a lot of media companies are going to Tennessee. Actually, it was one of my, I, like I have a few ideal places. Everyone says uh, going to where you are is oversaturated now. So mm-hmm. no Florida. And apparently humidity is crazy. So I was still thinking <laughs> about Texas, but I also was thinking about Tennessee because yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are going down there and it's apparently it's fantastic to live there. It's super cool people. Um, you know, decent, you know, depends on where you are, but it's, it's pretty nice. So that is interesting that New York is not there, but maybe because a lot of New Yorkers are just leaving. <laughs> yeah, leaving. Did, going to other places, they're going to Tennessee. Do you see my interview with Chris from Real Rideshare Stories last week? Because he's in Buffalo, New York, and he's thinking about moving to South Carolina. And uh, he probably definitely should. Yeah, freaking freezing up there. Jeez. Yeah, the Carolinas, Tennessee, Kentucky, they got. As far as weather goes, it's kind of the best of both worlds there because you still you get all four seasons, but your winter is fairly mild. So I mean, because I lived in Virginia for five years when I was in the Navy, so like that whole you know central Atlantic area right there, mm-hmm. you know. So you're still gonna get you know in the winter it's gonna drop down in the twenties, thirties, but it's probably not gonna snow. What's this? What's the state taxes over there? I know Tennessee has no state income tax. Oh, yeah. Of course you would. Yeah. (laughs) Texas doesn't have state income tax. Florida doesn't have state income tax. New Hampshire, Nevada, Alaska. In some states, they will waive your state income tax if you're active duty military, which, believe it or not, New York does or used to. Because when I was active duty military, I didn't have to pay state income tax. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Which was nice. I was surprised. I couldn't believe a blue state like New York like wouldn't have any exceptions at all. Yes, it sucks here. Brianna said, go to Pittsburgh. It's not too far from New York. Well, yeah, Pittsburgh's way on the other side of the state. Mm. I, I mean, well, does, do you mean New York City or New York State? Yeah, Pittsburgh's not too far from New York State, but it's way on the west side. Yeah, I'm trying to get somewhere warmer. Yeah. Yeah, I would say check out... Uh, Chattanooga yeah. looks pretty cool. I think Daily you know, Wire, I'm sure you're familiar with them. They moved to Tennessee. No, they yeah, they moved Florida, to Nashville. Well, you know Ben Shapiro, I think, moved to Miami, but they moved the offices to Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, check this list out. It's pretty interesting. I Actually, I think the biggest surprise on here is Wooster, Mass. That's like the only blue state on this list. Well, yeah. I mean, South Carolina, Idaho, Ohio, kind of a purple state. Utah, very red. Tennessee, North Carolina. Tennessee again. Knoxville. Yeah. So uh, if you guys live in any of these states or any of these cities, let us know 
why you think it uh, made the list. All right, let's move on. This is, I don't know why I really, this is more of a press release than anything else, but, you know, we have so many DoorDashers out there. I just wanted to throw this out there. From TechCrunch, DoorDash extends gas rewards program for deli- uh, delivery people on its platform through, why don't they just say drivers? For delivery people. <laughs> yeah. DoorDash announced today it's expanding its gas rewards program for delivery people on its platform. The program enables delivery people Geez, why don't they just say drivers? Uh, using their Dash or Direct card to receive 10% cash back on their gas purchases anywhere in the United States. The company announced a rewards program last month with the goal of offsetting rising gas prices. The program was originally supposed to last through April, but has now been extended to the end of August. The company says that since the launch of the program, delivery people on the platform have saved an average of 42 cents per gallon. Wow. DoorDash also says that every hour, more than 8,600 delivery people are using their Dash or Direct card to save with 10% cash back. In addition, DoorDash notes that delivery people have used the 10% cash back benefit through Dash or Direct in over 8 million transactions across gas stations. So I do not use the Dash or Direct or the DoorDash gas. I mean, because I use Gas Buddy and Get Upside. Although, actually, related to that, Get Upside, they changed their name. They're just Upside now. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I, I, I did. Thought, I thought that was like they forgot it or they moved. But yeah, I, I did notice that. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a lame move because get upside is much more memorable than just upside. Like upside's a generic term, but get upside is more unique. I'm thinking hmm, I, I, I think they, they're pretty much a really known entity now because of what happened last couple of weeks. So I think they're like, yeah, just get upside. Yeah. I noticed that gas prices are starting to go back up. They were down for a while, like it was below four bucks, but like now it's back to like about four nineteen or so. Yeah, mine's is it's yeah, it, it definitely stabilized a bit. Like I'm not complaining as I mean I'm still complaining, but it's like <laughs> to get used to it. So, but it definitely did, it was spiking. I remember it was like jumping up ten cents every couple of days, but it's been pretty, I guess, mm-hmm. stable for me. Yeah. So anybody out there, let us know if you use the Dasher Direct card, if you're getting, because like Amazon Flex has their, actually, I think I have it right here. Um, Amazon Flex. I know Jason at uh, Gig Economy Podcast, he's been using that. I think they give you like 12% cash back. Um, and so that might be something that, um, you know, all the other apps are doing like their own internal gas card thing. Although I don't, I've never quite understood how you make money by giving money away, <laughs> you know? definitely yeah so i mean if you can save money with with doordash on gas or whatever great so what did uh sherry I, upside has been one to two cents saving yeah feel like well that's because you're at costco they don't and i'm surprised they even take costco at all because like i can't use get upside at wawa like wawa doesn't do any gas uh savings that's why i use it at racetrack but uh like gas buddy will knock off like like 30 cents a gallon right at the pump and then would get upside and get an extra anywhere from like 20 to like 60 cents back on top of that so links to gas buddy and get upside in the show notes folks <laughs> all right so we can take a real quick break and we'll be right back meet joe he's a rideshare driver that drives for uber and lyft joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for uber and lyft 
But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. All right, so, I mean, we've said it a million times. Um, it's not just that Gary throws us some money for plugging these products, is that we, we really believe in them and ourselves. The only downside is they only work with Android. But uh, go on your local Facebook marketplace. Go to freaking Bodega. There's like all these cell phone stores on like every corner now where they sell you cell phones or like even like a mall kiosk. Just get yourself a cheap Android and uh, use your phone. If, you, if you're an iPhone user like me, you can just use your phone as a hotspot and uh, and get uh, get your Wi-Fi that way so you don't have to add another line. Uh, but, oh, you know, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. So remember last year how I was running ads for, like, uh, Mike Livers Podcast and Inscar Bulldog and Delivery TV? Um, so if any gig tubers are out there watching, I'm going to bring that back. In fact, I actually messaged Brian uh, this morning and because uh, he changed his name from Inscar Bulldog to Bulldog Delivery. So I said, if you want to remake that commercial, um, I'll run that. So, yeah, any gig tubers out there? If you want to make a like a quick 30 second, you know, you know, TV style ad for your show, your podcast or whatever, just send it on over to me and I will run it, you know, free of charge. Um, I mean, if you nice. want to throw me some if you want to throw me some money, I'll take it. But, you know, <laughs> so, all right. So everything from here on out is like uh, the, the fluff, the funny, the viral posts and all that. So, of course, we got a, a TikTok. All right, so this is, again, from Daily Doc. Just raise the base. A DoorDasher took to TikTok to show they penalize drivers for not taking orders rather than raising their pay. Now, I did, have not watched this, and I don't know if Hannibal watched this, so this is going to be no, our first. Okay. You know, I don't get this. I don't know if it's my browser or what. See how it has, like, the, the URL of the video? Sometimes it embeds it right here, and sometimes it doesn't. So I don't know what's going on. So I opened it in another window. So this is... This is going to be my first time watching this, too. Hopefully, it's not, like, too crazy. All right, ready? Instead of DoorDash just raising the base pay on each order, they decided to threaten our top Dasher status. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just raise the pay. So instead mm -hmm. of DoorDash just raising the base pay... Keep your acceptance rate at above 70% to maintain to top dasher. Top dasher status. <laughs> well, if you go from plus 70% acceptance rate to 6%, that's <laughs> that says a lot, you know? Yeah. Nug you know, like Nugs and Kayla... Um, they cherry pick like the first three weeks of the month. And then the last week of the month, they just accept everything to get top dasher back. I don't know if they're watching, but mathematically it would, it would be the same thing to, instead of, you know, just 
putting yourself through hell that last week to get yourself back up to 70%. You could just, if you just stay at 70% all the time, it would be, the, it would be the same thing. You know, it's just, you would have to eat some shitty orders to maintain your 70%. Yeah. I, I could, I mean, I'm they're, they're two pretty smart people. I'm sure they've mm. experimented and went back and forth with it. Mm. Also, it helps them because they're content creators with monetized YouTube channels that, we watch them go through that kind of torture. So it benefits them in m- multiple ways compared to a rant at regular people. Like, you know, if they didn't have the channel, would you even do it in the first place? Um, but they, I wonder if they thought about that, at least tried it. Like, hey, just stay 70% the whole time. Yeah. Or there's just so many bad orders they can't. I, I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. I think most of the time it's because they they want to be able to log in throughout the... Yeah. The top dash throughout the week or the month. No, I mean it also makes for a funny or at least an interesting video when Nugs is just taking all the shit orders just to get yeah. the top dash status. You know, um, that video we just watched it said it has uh, over five hundred eighty thousand views. Again, I don't really get the appeal of that, but you know, good for this lady for. Uh, and then like Daily Dot, just they just show all the people, or they don't show all. They just sh- they cherry pick comments where people are arguing and you know who, who cares but uh, so if d- anything basically anything in daily dot that is gig related you know if it if it, co- if it shows up on daily dot i think it's just worth at least watching and reacting to it i mean that video was cute i wouldn't say it was hilarious or brilliant or anything but it was interesting enough all right so we got another reaction video this one this is pretty cool well actually i have no idea so I saw this. It just says a delivery driver's live stream becomes a horror flick and new dash cam trailer. Film was directed by Rob Savage, who helmed the 2020 pandemic hit host. So this is, I guess this is just a regular movie trailer for this movie. I have, did you didn't watch this? No. Okay. I didn't watch it either. So this is our live reaction right now. Rated R. Go full screen here. Hi, I'm Annie Hardy, and you're watching Van Car. Another day in paradise. Hello? Listen, I just need you to take my friend somewhere nearby. This is Angela, her and I taking a trip. Did you find me? <laughs> Creepy as fuck. She found us! She's here! Hey, what's that? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what the f? Look at this! Where are you going? All right. Um, that was kind of cool. It, I, like that first few seconds there, 
I was like, wow, that looks really familiar. It looks like a gig tuber ride along, you know? Um, although if I have a prediction about this, I have a feeling it's going to be like the first 10, 15 minutes. It's the first act would be kind of like a gig tuber ride along. And then it's just going to right, go right, straight. Right, right, into yeah. it, it, cliche horror. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies unless it's like, I like like creepy type stuff. Like, um, uh, everybody's gonna laugh at me for the saying this, but um, like the Blair Witch Project, remember that one? Mm -hmm. So, you know, something where there's not an actual like monster on screen or like, and, and this no said, on, on footage. yeah, Maybe. and this said like blood splatter everywhere or something. I'm like, yeah, I, I never cared for like monster movies or slasher movies, I never cared for Friday the 13th or Nightmare, I, none of those, you know. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the, the old school horror, like you know, Hitchcock, um, The Shining. The original yeah. one well, like creepy time, yeah creepy yeah mind mind bender so i don't know yeah. what'd you think of the trailer um yeah i thought it was cool i mean i would not pay to see that no if it was on <laughs> like tv i'll check that out but it look it like you said it it definitely had like you know first act everything yeah. looks normal then it goes crazy but then you know like the thing about a lot of horror movies and scary movies logic gets thrown out the window it's like okay if this yeah. person is going through this why they're not going home what what like what happened where they can't get out of the situation just seems silly but it seems like a, maybe a good popcorn flick i'll check it out again i wouldn't pay though i would watch it all yeah. <laughs> i can't even time. remember the last movie i saw in the theater i think the last movie i saw in the theater i think was the all girls ghostbusters from a few years ago jesus <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like mocking you the last thing i saw recently was the sonic uh the sonic movie yeah I kind of wanted to see Batman, but I'm like so over movies, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like heard, watching. I, it was too long, two hours and forty six minutes for that movie. I oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was too long. I'm not watching that. All right. Well, if that, let's move on to the next one. So this is this is what we should have been doing since the beginning of the show. Is like every time Uber Eats, DoorDash, any of these big companies release a new ad campaign, I think we should watch it and critique it. Mm -hmm. So this is. Um, by the way, is it okay? It is sharing. You guys can hear the audio. Nobody said that they couldn't, so I'm going to assume this yeah, is the latest uh, DoorDash TV spot. In fact, it's on the DoorDash official YouTube channel here. It's only 30 seconds, so let's let's watch it. Whoops, sound would help. You know, it's funny. All right, so this is the official DoorDash channel. I don't know if you guys can see this, but look how many views it has. 359. <laughs> yeah. And I, I left a comment on here. I said, I can't believe my channel gets more views than this video. Yeah, because, but, you know, DoorDash spends millions of dollars on advertising. They're like the official, like, NBA partner. So they're getting a lot of eyes. They just don't care about YouTube, which they, why would but, they care about YouTube? Well, why do they even bother uploading the video and i guess just uploaded but, some of their other know. videos on here have like 10 million views though i yeah. guess like the super bowl commercials and stuff but yeah um i mean that was kind of cool that they showed a a football player who and actually i've i've seen a, a bunch of stories like that where like college football players um you know i 
they're drafted, but they're still in college and they, they'll do DoorDash, Uber Eats, and you know, they'll do our jobs to make ends meet until they get out of college and they can actually start making money for playing sports, you know? Definitely. So, definitely. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And you know, yeah. that it's for everybody. I think, you know, we should all like too many people don't know what we're doing and mm-hmm. the more awareness, I think the better. Yeah. The problem like that commercial isn't really, first of all, it doesn't really, it doesn't sell Grubhub at all. It's just more of like a good karma type thing, I guess. Like, Hey, look, you know, I don't know. This yeah. I'm really sure the point of that it doesn't make me want to, other than just the, the name recognition, like you might be watching a game and like you see that commercial and you're just like, you know what? Order. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna order a pizza right now or something. So that's exactly what they're probably doing. All right, we got two more videos. This one, get your get your tissues ready, folks, because our last two are total tear jerker stories. So I have not I haven't watched these either. Fortunately, this one's pretty short. This is only this first one's only 47 seconds. Deaf delivery driver overcome with emotion after discovering gift. I believe it's on CB yeah, CBS News. This has 5,000 views so far. Can you read the text? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. You can't read. It says, I left a delivery driver a note and a... Oh, yeah. So the the description says a delivery driver in Toronto found a card and money for him on a porch. He saw the homeowner security camera and started to reply in sign language and did this. But they don't really go into more. <laughs> Dude, get off the table. We're trying to do a show here. Usually it's Leo that wants to uh, be on camera, but I guess Logan wants to be on tonight. Yeah, yeah go, Brianna go. said. I saw this the other day and it was so touching. Yeah. I wonder how much money it was. I mean, we get so many negative uh, stories about terrible things that happen to us drivers. Like, it's always good to balance it out with something positive that, you know, humanity is still something that we care about. We care about each other, even if we don't know each other. That, you know, you you do nice things to each other. We should do more of it. Uh, There's probably a. A story that goes into more detail, but it's like I wonder if the homeowner like knew this driver, or if they just left it out for you know whoever, whichever driver came. Because that happens every once in a while. Is uh, well, I mean, I've never really, I've never gotten money, but I'll go to some people's houses and they'll have coolers on the porch, and they'll say UPS, Amazon, FedEx, mailman. There's sodas, drinks, snacks yeah. in here, you know. I've never had anybody give me a hundred bucks or whatever, however much this person got. So, all right. So, last story. This is another um, tearjerker. Amazon driver makes special delivery to 13 year old with cerebral palsy. Let's see if I can go full screen here. Wait, this isn't it. 
think I'm playing the wrong video here. Uh, I hate that when... Uh, Ah, right, you know that. Well, there's a. Uh, here we go. I don't know if this is gonna play. If it doesn't play, I can just read the story. Hmm. Is this it? Yep. Here we go. Nope. All right, I'm just gonna read. The story here. So, oh wait, here it is. Nope. Ozzy Wedking, a 13-year-old who has cerebral palsy and is nonverbal, received a knock on his door from Amazon delivery driver Alexander Ponce. His mother had reached out to the company about her son's obsession with Amazon delivery vans and those that drive them. And then here's like on the Amazon Twitter, uh, the Ram ProMaster, marked with the Amazon Prime logo, drives down the street. Blue and yellow balloons are attached to the side of the van. Additionally, a silver balloon number 13. And uh, so they gave him an Amazon vest, an Amazon hat. And uh, is this the video? Yeah. What's, well, that's a four-second video. All right, so that's pretty much all there is. That's I just cool. thought that was uh, worth uh, you know showing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, they don't, Amazon don't get enough uh, or don't get a lot of positive stories. Uh, yeah. I guess the company as a whole. Uh, so there's probably more individual people just being really nice and sweet to people. And again, yeah. need more of this. We need more of it. That's the problem. We don't get enough. We don't get enough uh, nice, wholesome stories. And I know those, they don't get the views and stuff as well, but mm-hmm. I think it works well. Robert Reese said, I did a report on this story the other day in my life on He's a local delivery driver. They had left something for him. It was special because his mom just passed away. Make sure that, I guess he means the uh, the deaf delivery driver. Yeah. You're playing the right video. I got tricked too. It goes to something else. <laughs> um, yeah. So if we can get more like feel good stories, and you know, I I kind of like to report the good news too. But you know, I like to. We have to kind of almost like an obligation report like the bad news. So like. Because I always want to try to teach you guys like how not to get be victims of crime, how not to get scammed, you know, how to protect yourself. I'll I'll say it a million times. Make sure you have freaking commercial auto insurance or some kind of rideshare endorsement. You can't use your personal insurance. And like the whole goal of the show is to if we cover the gig economy, it's also so that you I mean, this is an industry you work in. Even if you only work part time, it's like, don't you want to know what's going on? Like if you work for like whatever, like you're, if you have a regular day job and you do gig work at night or on the weekends or whatever, like whatever your day job is, like if you're in healthcare, IT, like you would probably want to follow what's happening in that industry, or at least like your bosses and employer would probably at least let you know what's going on. Like I used to work for Publix corporate and uh, we would have meetings Maybe like once a month, once every few months, like with like kind of like the upper management where they would kind of tell us what's going on in the supermarket business. Um, It's like when I worked for Publix, it was right when Amazon bought Whole Foods and uh, the Publix, uh, it it caused the public stock to drop a little. Um, Although I had no idea that 
Um, and it's funny, like Publix is it's private company, but like so only employees can own stock in Publix. But um, I wish I had bought a lot more. I think I have like 10, 15 shares. Last time I checked, they were worth about 40, 45 dollars each, which mm. is pretty good. Mm. And I bought them about 30. So but problem is if I sell those, that's it. I can't buy any more, you know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Brianna said, how much more expensive is commercial insurance asking for? And um, it I mean, just like with any other insurance, it, it depends on your driving record. But it's also you don't need full commercial insurance. Like you're not you don't have a fleet of like plumbing trucks or construction. You just need most, uh, you know, just personal like progressive USAA, you know, any of those companies tell them you drive Uber, Lyft or that you're a DoorDash driver. And you need like a gig, you know, gig business, business use endorsement or something or some kind of addendum to your policy or a rider or whatever you call it. So, I mean, it's really not that much more. It could be if you have a good driving record, it could be as little as like a dollar a day, maybe even 50 cents a day. But um, yeah, so, uh, well, we're going pretty long in. Although actually this is short by last year's standards. Last year we go like 90, 100 minutes. We're at about 65 right now. So uh Hannibal, you got anything to plug? Um, you know, I'm always making videos, you know, check my channel out. I think I dropped one today. Uh check that out. Probably have another one coming up in later in the week. You know, I'm always making some stuff. I actually have a, a really uh, big announcement um probably next week. Uh just check my channel out. Big announcement. All right, so uh, this is my show, my interview tomorrow night. I'm going to be talking to Uber guy Tony. That's going to be, again, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. He's in Los Angeles. Uh, so check his channel out. He, he I, I like his show because he does, like, fairly short videos, like five, six minutes, and, like, he's, he's really good at editing. So, like, it's really breezy, and, you know, it's really easy to watch, you know. So, yeah, check out Uber guy Tony. And, uh, you know, check out my uh, podcast with him tomorrow night. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> so I guess that about wraps it up. Audio podcast, as always, you can subscribe on any podcatcher. And uh, we will see you. Uh, Steve and I will be back Thursday morning. And as far as I know, Hannibal and I will be back next Monday night. See you next Monday. Yep. All right. Let me get the the outro. You know, I don't have an outro. I just had the intro. I always like that music. It just reminds me of like some kind of like nineties, you know, indie rock. It has like this, that, 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 that music that I use, it has like this weird, it's kind of like a sixties surf rock combined with like nineties, like almost like a Foo Fighters or, you know, some kind of alternative sound. I wouldn't go as far as to say like grunge or something, but you know, something like that. So, yeah. All right. Have fun, everybody be safe and uh, we'll see you real soon.